radioinfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello everybody, this is Ian Beckles and welcome back to In the Trenches. Hopefully everybody's having a wonderful week. It is the offseason. There's not a whole lot of transactions going on right now. You know, there's still a few here and there. Everybody's really um, concentrating on the draft right now and that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm not the... You know, even when I was on sports radio, uh, you know, did Ron, Ron and Ian show. I did it myself. I did it with Jay Retcher, Beckles and Retcher. Uh, you ain't gonna catch me doing a mock draft anytime soon, okay? I don't get them, okay? For myself, I mean, people start doing mock drafts in December. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, listen, if you're uh, uh, the Pewter Report or, or Joe Bucks fan, something like that, I get it. I get you have to do those kind of things in Pro Football Weekly. They have to do that shit. I ain't wasting my damn time on no damn mock draft looking to see who somebody's going to trade for when how many things are going to happen between now and the draft anyways. It, it doesn't do anything. And God forbid you, 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 you watch Mel Kuyper like Mel Kuyper knows anything. I, let me tell you something about Mel Kuyper, okay? Mel Kuyper's been relevant since I was in a draft, which was 1989. He called me a piece of camp meat. And I started for nine years in the NFL. So Mel Kuyper could suck a big fat one, okay? So I don't know why he is the expert when it comes to NFL drafts. He's never got anything right ever, not one time. So Mel, you know what you can do, okay? With that widow's peak, cut it off, it looks silly. Uh, but I digress. I will not be doing any mock drafts anytime soon. I'm gonna leave that to everybody else. It's gonna be Thursday, April 27th. That goes through to Saturday, it's going to be in uh, Union Station, Kansas City. Uh, they love football there. I've, Kansas City is one of the very few cities I never got a chance to play in. And I know they love their football there. I remember when the draft was happening way back when I was uh, a, a Ute. Uh, that was 80, That would have been 1990. Uh, the draft wasn't a big deal, everybody. The draft, was like I remember the first day of the draft, there was probably six or seven rounds the first day, and... A lot, like maybe a first couple of rounds were on TV. Nobody really gave a rat's ass. It wasn't really a big deal. Now the draft is on ESPN, ABC, NFL Network, ESPN Deportes, ESPN Radio, the whole nine yards. Okay, so people have realized, and I'm going to say this about me. I love football, but I don't love everything around football. I don't love everything around sports. I love the NFL draft. I don't know what it is about the draft. I love watching it. I love seeing, you know, people's dreams come true. Uh, it's just, it's a real thing. The only thing that's not real is the way those guys hug Roger Goodell because that'd be the last time they hug him like that because they won't have any love for him after that. But other than that, I find it to be just, it's a real thing, the NFL draft. And my experience, now people ask me about my experience in the draft. Um, I didn't know where I was going to get drafted. And I was, you know, I only started one year at Indiana. Uh, I was all Big Ten. I got some accolades. And ankles were banged up. I'm six foot one. Nobody knows where I'm going to get drafted. You know, I had a couple scouts come in and say, oh, if you were six foot five, you'd be a first round pick. Well, I said, well, I'm six one. They go, well, that's why you're going to be a late round pick. So I didn't know where I was going to go. Uh, the draft day went on. I had two other of my roommates, Ron Vargo, uh, Todd Oberdorf, were also in the draft. So we're all very anxious, hoping for that phone to ring. 
the whole day went on, no no fo- no phone phone calls, nothing. So I just said, I'm going to go fishing. Went fishing, caught some bass in the uh, quarry, and I came back, and my roommate Ron said, the Buccaneers called you. And I thought he was joking at first, and then he gave me a number, and it said Buccaneers on it. So I called in the number, and it was probably, you know, it was probably my girl Jill. Uh, rest in peace, Jill. Um, put me on with Ray Perkins. Uh, I talked to Ray Perkins for about two minutes of a very dry conversation. And then next thing you know, a couple of days later, I was here. I was drafted in the fifth round. And, and the rest is history. And the history, you can look that up yourself. Uh, I don't need to go over all that. But my experience was cool. Um, you see some of these guys are at the draft. To me, there's nothing worse than being that guy, the Brady Quinns. That'd be horrible. So I'm going to be top 10 pick. We had a guy on our team, Nolan Harrison. He said, I heard I'm going to be top 30 pick. And he had a draft party. I think he went in the seventh round. That's a long party, yo. When you're getting, when you when you're waiting for that phone to ring in the first thirty picks, and you don't get picked till the seventh round, that's a long party. You day enough alcohol that party? No way. So good luck to all the kids out there. Um, you know, this is a dream. It's a dream come true, and it was a dream come true for me. And I really didn't even think it was. A possibility till right before the draft. So, you know, my my journey was a lot different than everybody else's. So, the Buccaneers going into the draft, you know, they're, they're drafting somewhere in the middle of the draft. I haven't, I haven't looked to see because I'm not draft dude. I'm not. Um, people will say, well, how do you think? After the draft, I get this more than anybody else in the whole Tampa Bay area. What do you think of the draft? My answer is, I don't. I don't. And people are like, well, that's kind of uh, close-minded. Well, I'm going to say this. In the history of the Buccaneers, how many rookies have made a difference? When I mean made a difference, I mean been good. I can think of two. And we had Hall of Famers that weren't good. Warren Sapp wasn't good. Derek Brooks wasn't good. John Lynch wasn't good. Rondé Barber wasn't good. Tristan Wirth's fantastic, okay? There's one other name I can think of, and that's it. Michael Clayton, that's it. Rookies don't make differences. They don't. They don't. Rookies make differences on good teams. Give me a rookie on a good team. He can make a difference. Not a bad team. And unfortunately, this Buccaneer team is about to be bad. And I know Buccaneer fans out there, you want to be positive, and that's okay. We need you. We don't want to be, you know, the most sad sack, you know, fan base out there. We need the optimistic ones. Realistically, this fitting to be a rough year, people. I'm just telling you because I'll ask you, okay? What are the Buccaneers draft needs? I'll ask you. What are their needs? I'll give a better question. What don't the Buccaneers need? Okay? Do they Are they good at quarterback? You said yes, right? Are they good at quarterback? We're going to go over the whole Baker Mayfield thing in a second. If you're just saying they're good with Kyle Trask and you're, you're, you're fooling yourself, you, you know that. Are they good at offensive line? Watch what you say now because I'm going to bring some reality at you in a little bit because I put that out on social media and some guy says, why do you think the Bucs are going to be terrible? I go, well, we're gonna, we might have a, a first-time quarterback behind a lesser offensive line. Where our offensive line is top five in the league. Top five in what league? We're going to go over that in a second. Ain't no way this offensive line is top five of shit, okay? Let's get that straight. 
And it's not has nothing to do with what they did last year. It's what's going to be on the field this year. It ain't going to be good. Who's our tight end last year? I mean, I don't know. Nobody to throw to. Who's our speed? Do we have any speed? I know you guys loved you some Scotty Miller. That's all he had was speed. He's gone in Atlanta. Where is our speed? Godwin speed? Mike Evans speed? Where is our speed? There's no speed. Can we use a pass rusher? Anybody can use a DB. Once again, we need a lot of stuff, people, to just think that this Buccaneer team is just going to wave a magic wand and boom, 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 we're going to be just good. Are we good at coaching? As Todd Bowles and his staff, have they proven that they're good coaches yet? Have they? And I don't think, I thought Todd Bowles got too much shit last year for what happened. I don't think Bruce Arians would have done a different job last year with that team. You had you had an you had a good defense. I'll give it good. You had a good defense, and you had a below average offense with a quarterback that was average and was limited. Our quarterback was limited last year. We have to know that, okay? And when you look back at Tom Brady, statistically, it wasn't a terrible season. Realistically, though, he, he wasn't a quarterback that was going to make anybody's team better. And when you look back, I'm not sure we wouldn't have been better with. Maybe a, a quarterback with less ability and more athletic ability because we didn't get anything really. We weren't good. We didn't score any points last year. The only way you measure a, a team offensively is moving the ball and scoring points. And in the red zone, we sucked in the red zone last year. Got an immobile quarterback that's getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Once you, you know bring that field down and squish it into that the red zone, makes it very very hard. Now, you're going to have this year, you're going to have Kyle Trask, probably a better athlete, not probably a better athlete. It's going to take him at least a second more to throw that football. Facts. Tom Brady threw the ball faster than anybody else on the planet last year. Kyle Trask is not going to throw the ball like that. Offensive line is going to be a little bit tougher, okay? So do we need anything? We need everything. Do we need anything? We need er thing, E-R-R thing. We literally, maybe coaching too. Now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty and let's start talking about Baker Mayfield. Uh, I love when a team says, we did our homework on this player. What homework? You did your homework on Baker Mayfield? What homework? What do you need to know? I'll tell you. You don't have to do your homework. I'll tell you. What do you need to know? Is he accurate? I watched some games when he was the least accurate I've seen. Okay, is he a competitor? Yeah, he's a competitor. Is he a winner? Mm, not necessarily. Is he a good leader? Nope. Nope. So you think this guy is going to lead a lesser team than Tom Brady had last year? To what? So if we took Tom Brady off the team last year and we insert Baker Mayfield, how many games we win? Not eight. Not eight. So we're going to put Baker Mayfield on a team with lesser talent on both sides of the ball, lesser offensive lines, and win? Okay. I'm glad you did your homework on Baker Mayfield. I'm happy about that. Forget about what happened in Cleveland and Carolina and the Rams. Forget about what happened there. 
you did your homework, okay? I'm going to ask all the fans out there who are optimistic Buccaneer fans, and once again, I'm happy you're there, but I'm, I'm, uh, I lean to realistic, not optimistic, okay? Last year, did you want Baker Mayfield to be your quarterback? Did you? Were you the one? Because I was on sports radio for 20-something years, and I made a prediction two years ago, okay? So two years ago, you got to figure, you know, I don't know where Baker Mayfield was exactly in his career, but he was with the Browns at the time, and I believe he was, but he was going through a time where he'd just come off a good football, but I just said to myself, self, what's wrong with him? He's not mature enough. He doesn't know to deal with success. He doesn't know to deal with anything, any failure whatsoever. Any failure where he starts to do this, it's not me, it's them. That's not, that's not leadership, okay? I predicted two years ago, this training camp, that Baker Mayfield would be out of football. Out of football. Now, I could have picked anybody, and I'm not picking him to be out of football because he's not good. I think Baker Mayfield is a top 40 quarterback in the, in the world. Top 40. You can't give me 40 quarterbacks better than Baker Mayfield. No way. Maybe hard to get 30. But if it's not perfect, it ain't going to work because he ain't going to lead you to shit. No way. Baker Mayfield is not going to lead you to squadooch. I promise you that. And he's shown that. He's shown that already. Okay? I predicted him to be out of football. By this September, when football season starts. That was two years ago. So that should tell you what I think about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, once again, top 40 talent. He doesn't. He's not mature enough to back up. That's not for everybody now. Baker Mayfield thinks he's a top 15 quarterback in his brain. Therefore, he can't back up. He won't back up. No way. Okay? And... I, like, if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, it's Ian underscore Beckles. Uh, that's pretty much where I do my social media. But, you know, people are like, oh, why don't we give him a chance? Why does he deserve a chance? Why does Baker Mayfield deserve a chance with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because anybody explain that? Why does he deserve a chance? What did he do to this point to deserve a chance? Once again, great competitor. But he hasn't done anything to this point. To make me, oh, what about the playoff? He won a playoff game. So did Tim Tebow, and you all are still falling on that shit. Stop it. It's a long time ago. And last year, everybody could have went and got him, and nobody wanted him. So because we picked him off a scrap heat, all of a sudden, he's going to be good for us? We'll see, but I'm pretty good at putting my name on. He ain't leading us to squat this year. I'm just telling you, I don't see it happening. Now, going back to the other discussion we had about the offensive line. I said on Instagram, uh, we have a bottom five offensive line. And you're going to look at me, what, why would you say that? Okay, well, you, you, after I explain it, you let me know, okay? Tristan Wurst is the best right tackle that I've ever seen. He's our right tackle, okay? Shaq Mason had a pretty good year last year. Pretty, I didn't hear his name a whole lot. As a right guard, I'll tell you what, my eye is there all the time because as a right guard, as a former right guard, I'm watching him every play because that's where my eye automatically goes. It's pretty good. He's played a pretty good year. We got rid of him for a seventh-round pick. Once you start getting rid of key players and people that are really giving, giving to the team, once you start getting rid of them for money, 
you lose. I'm just telling you guys. I mean, that's the way. That's what happens. Because whoever's going to go in there for Shaq Mason is not going to be as good as Shaq Mason. He's just not. Okay. So we have Tristan Wurst. Not sure who the right guard is. We don't have anybody. Jensen, who tore all three ligaments last year. I heard some inform some inside information on on Ryan Jensen that he wasn't. He didn't want to play the last game. And the Buccaneers really forced him a little bit to, to play. Or they put that pressure on him to play. Brady did a little bit. The organization did. I heard maybe a little bit had to do with the fact that he didn't want to take a surgery. He didn't want to have a surgery. That's why they put... And then they put him in the game. If you go back and listen to my in the trenches before the last Buccaneers game, I said, do not put Hen- Jensen in there. Put... put Leave the guy's been leave Haynes in there. He's he's been in there. He's done, done okay. Is he as good as Jensen when he's healthy? Nope, not. But don't take Haynes out, who's been there all year, and put Jensen in. From what I heard, Brady wanted him in. Go back and watch that game if you want. If you, if if you don't believe what I'm saying, go back and watch that last football game where Jensen played for the first time all year with three torn ligaments and no playing time. That was stupid. I'm going to tell you right now, he sucked. And I have the utmost respect for Ryan Jensen as a football player, person. That's a tough SOB. I got love for Ryan Jensen. He was bad. I just had a conversation with Tony Mayberry, a teammate of mine, center. And he goes, go back and watch the tape. He goes, there's about five or six times Ryan Jensen's looking at the quarterback. If a center is turned around looking at the quarterback, that's, that's bad. And he goes five or six times. He goes, I may have done that two times in my career. I saw him do it five or six times in one game. It wasn't good. They had no right putting him in that game and putting him in that situation, okay? So, okay, Jensen's going to be the center. He's at the end of the rope, people. He didn't get the three ligaments fixed. He's going to be a lesser Ryan Jensen. From what I heard, Gadecki is going to be in the mix. I don't know, I guess. you know, Is he going to be better? Yeah. Was he good last year? Nope. Absolutely not. Was he any worse than Ian Beckles' his rookie year? Nope. But Ian Beckles on his rookie year was on a 5-11 team, and no, and I want no worse than nobody else. Gadecki wasn't that bad last year. He just stood out because he was on a pretty good offensive line. Okay? So he wasn't that bad. He, he just was going through rookie pains. That's all he did. And we don't have a left tackle. So... How, who are we better than? We have Tristan Wurst and a banged-up Jensen. That's it. Who are we better than? Seriously. So I, I'm not just trying to be an asshole, people. I'm not. I'm a Buccaneer fan. I want our team to be as good as anybody else's, but I'm not going to come on here and blow smoke. I'm a realist. And when you're trading you know, your, 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 your starting guards for seventh-round picks who will probably end up being nothing, that's becoming a problem. Okay, we re-signed Levante David. Great. Did we get better? Is Levante David going to be better this year than he was last year? Let me answer. Nope. He's at, he's at the time of his career. He's not getting better anymore, okay? He's just not. So was it good to sign Levante? Sure it was. Is it better for our future? Not really. The future of this team is not great, okay? It's just not. We re-signed Jamel Dean. Do we get better? We got the same, Okay. Franchise, if they would have franchised him, would have played 18 million, and he ended up signing before. Why did he sign early? Because Tampa, Tampa's the best place on the planet to play. Tampa has no state tax. 
Tampa, the cost of living is not that damn bad here in Tampa. That's why he stayed. Okay, that's the only reason why he stayed. Period. All right? So this Buccaneer team in general is about to go through some tough times. I'm, and, and listen, I, I, I'm going to do this every other week probably, and we're going to hope things change after the draft. Listen, remember, I, I'm going to say this before the draft. The Bucks are going to be the same team after the draft as they are before the draft, and that's every team out there. No team gets that better immediately at the draft because nobody knows. Stop it. Oh, what do you give these guys grades? I'll give them an A. I'll give these guys a B. you got to be kidding me. Are you grading the fifth rounders and the sixth rounders? Nobody knows the fifth and sixth rounders. That's what makes your team. My rookie year, Keith McCants, number one pick or fourth fifth pick in the draft. He was a bust, rest in peace. But was it a bad draft? When at the end of the draft, in the fourth round, you got Tony Mayberry who went to three Pro Bowls, and in the fifth round, you got Ian Beckles who started for seven years. Now the draft looks a little different, right? But where are they going to be grading the draft? From the first rounder. And that's it. So I'm just not that guy to think that the draft is going to do anything or get me excited anyways. Now, there's a lot of other things happening in the NFL. Our guy Jameis re-signed with the Saints. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are Jameis haters. That's fine. I, I happen to like the kid. I think he left everything out in the field here. I, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, the Panthers have the number one pick. Um from Chicago, and we don't know where they're going to go with that. You know, that Justin Fields, okay? Justin Fields, I don't know about Justin Fields. He's one of those guys that you watch him sometimes and go, that guy's the future. And other times I'm like, maybe it's a supporting cast. And other times I'm like, yuck. So it's a tough situation when you, when you have that first pick. And you're like, God, do I like that guy? But is he going to be better than Justin Fields? The answer is going to be no. Either you could take that Bryce Young kid from Alabama all you want. He's not going to be better than Justin Fields the first year. He's just not, okay? So it's a weird time in the NFL now. Everybody's moving around. Quarterbacks are moving around. Jimmy G went to Las Vegas. Um, Jimmy G is a funny guy to me. I mean, funny, haha, funny to wear. Dude wins, man. He do he wins when he's healthy all the time. I mean, there's, he, he always wins. There's something about him. I don't know if it's his good looks. I don't know what it is, but there's something about him that just brings it out of his teammates. I mean, they play better when he's on there. I don't know why, but it's, I don't know. It, maybe he's bagging porn stars. I don't know what the situation is, but his teammates seem to play well around him, okay? I told you guys Scotty Miller went to the Falcons. Um... I mean, are you going to, when we play the Falcons, are you going to say, oh, they have Scotty Miller? You did it when he was here for how many years? And listen, I was on sports radio, and people were telling me how, you know, this is going to be Scotty Miller, year of Scotty Miller. And I said, how many catches do you think he had last year? A 40. I think one year had five. 40 and five are a long way away, by the way. Okay, so Scotty Miller did what he had to do here, which wasn't a lot. <laughs> if you literally, literally, Take away that one catch in Green Bay, what the rest of it. You go look at it if you want. There ain't a whole lot left, okay? There might be 30 catches in all left. There's not a whole lot, all right? And let me say something about the NFL in general. I played in the NFL for, for nine years, loved the game. I think it's the most beautiful game in the world. But last year, y'all tried to muck up my game, okay? Uh, I, I, I watch more football than anybody that I know. I love it to death. I remember what it was like when I played but y'all was trying to muck it up last year with that roughing the passer situation, okay? 
please amend that because as an offensive lineman, I hate those dumbass defensive linemen. They're ignorant, okay? They all have IQs of seven. But when they get to the quarterback, they won. They be able to. They should be able to at least tear him up a little bit. Not to the point where when you get a quarterback, you almost have to hug him like a bear and lay him down like, like Sleeping Beauty. It got bad last year, yo. There was a couple, I know uh, there was one with Chris Jones, and I was like, oh boy. You, literally, the ref threw the flag, and he goes, you're just being mean. You're a big meanie. Take, please stop that, okay? I love the game. I don't want to see that anymore. Please. There's another thing. They're talking about flexing games from Sunday to Thursday. All the execs in the NFL can kiss my entire black ass, okay? Because I'm letting everybody know. A seven-day rest in the NFL as an NFL player is not enough, okay? Your body doesn't really want to do that. Now, make the, make the rest four days. And make it mentally seven days and then switch it to four days. Don't do that, people. Seriously. They should... They're not going to get rid of the Thursday games because they're making a lot of money off of those. Probably billions, probably. They make billions off of everything that they do. But Amazon being involved in the NFL now, I guess they're trying to find ways. And the, what I love about Roger Goodell and all the NFL muckety-mucks, they all say it's all about the fans. Get the hell out of here. It's all about the bottom line. It's about the dollar. So when you see things flexing, it's, it's, it's much different when they say we're going to flex uh, a team on a Sunday and maybe Seattle's playing better this year than we thought and we'll, we'll, we'll play them instead. That's fine. But when you're talking about flexing a Sunday to a Thursday, that's too much of a change, you know, to the, to the regimen of a, fo- a football player and a front office because front offices, they, they literally have a schedule that they know what they're going to be going for the next three months they really do when you mess with it like that yeesh, that's gonna be tough now i heard players can wear the number zero now so what is that why is that news and i was you know i listen to sports radio we don't have a whole lot of choice here in tampa Bay area but when i happen to be on that station listening by accident i hear people complaining why the hell would we want that that's stupid i'm like it's a number who gives a shit what somebody's what number they wear like, I'm going to care if somebody wears number zero. The fact that this is news is silly. I just had to get that in there. The other thing I want to say is keep your eye on Tua this year, okay? Tua had four concussions last year, people. At least. He had four concussions last year, and they kept on putting him in. You think that's going to end up well? We already saw him frozen on the field once. Then they kept on putting him back in. And he came back in another time and had a concussion and didn't remember the whole second half of the game. Keep your eye on Tua, people. I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to end out poorly for the NFL. The NFL's end up paying up the nose for that one. I'm just telling you, because it's going to end up poorly. That's the last thing I want to get off my chest. This whole thing yesterday, I watched the NCA final with the women yesterday with the whole Caitlin Clark thing and the whole thing. I watched it because I don't know nothing about these teams. I watched a little bit. It's a great competition. Bunch of shit talkers. We did Everything was about shit talking. If you're a shit talker and somebody does this afterwards and shows their ring, don't complain afterwards, okay? If you're Tyreek Hill and you're going to chuck a deuce, when somebody comes back and chucks it back at you, you can't complain. For all you motherfuckers out there complaining, I'm sorry about that word. I shouldn't say it. 
Stop complaining. What happened if the other happened the other way? You wouldn't be complaining as much. All right, everybody. Everybody have a wonderful week. Hit me up on all the other podcasts as well. And please be safe. Deuces. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.